Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki. I'm Mike, along with Joel. Thanks for joining us once again for Growing in Grace. We thank you also for telling a friend that we're here. Let him know how you found us and uh, drop us a line too. We'd love to hear from you if you could take time to uh, send an email to us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We've heard from people all over the world, and we'd like to hear from you, too. Just let us know you're out there listening and how you found out about us. And you can do that uh, by going to graceroots.org. And like I said, you know, this uh, broadcast is, like you said, Mike, this broadcast is going all the way around the world, and we've uh, been hearing from people all around the world. And what an awesome thing that is. What an awesome privilege it is to be able to to share the grace of God and, and the unconditional love of God, not just here in our hometown of Waterloo, Iowa, but all over the world. And uh, we do love getting together and talking about this stuff. Um, you know, last time we were talking a little bit about, well, what were we talking about? We were talking about how the mindset of, of some Christians these days, probably many Christians, is that their life in Christ is based upon the things that they do and the things that they don't do. And so if they get themselves into doing some things that they shouldn't do, you know, they begin to kind of question whether they're a Christian or not, or or maybe they, they think that somehow... You know, the definition of being a Christian is not doing these things and making sure you're doing the right things, kind of living with a fear that if you start doing the wrong things, you're not going to be a Christian anymore. But uh, we went on to talk about some of that stuff and, and basing how we live our Christian life on our identity in Christ. Things haven't changed in a couple thousand years or so, Joel. I, now that I, I can understand the gospel better than I used to through, you know, faith righteousness and the grace walk, that uh, we've come to understand. You know, in my opinion, most of Paul's writings and his epistles, he's trying to make the case that we are no longer held to works when it comes to our identity, our identity of righteousness. We have been declared righteous by faith, by simply believing and trusting that what Jesus Christ did at the cross was sufficient enough to secure us for all of eternity. Uh, It brought perfection into our lives. It doesn't mean everything that we do is perfect, but we've been perfected in Christ because of his finished work. I, I think that's what Paul spent most of his time talking about in the epistles, trying to make a case for that. And I think that that case still needs to be made today to the, the modern religious movements of our time. Uh, one thing that I see Paul doing throughout his epistles, and I don't know if uh, if you see this too, Mike, or if anyone else does, but... In various places, I mean, he's making a case for our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, like you're talking about there, based upon what Christ has done, not based upon our own righteousness or unrighteousness, not based upon what we do or what we don't do, but based upon the the life of Jesus Christ that is in us now and the righteousness that we've been given as a gift, something that we could never earn. And in various places in his epistles, you know, I'm looking here in 1 Corinthians Six, you know, Paul, he gives this list of, of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, he says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And let's, 
let's focus on that word unrighteous for a minute. Well, 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 I'll read the rest of the verse, but then come back to that. He says, do not be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. He gives this list of things that people do. And he says, these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what's Paul talking about there when he says the unrighteous. Mike, what do you think? I mean, when you hear the word unrighteous, followed by this list that he gives, what's Paul talking about? Well, Joel, I I believe uh, that we who have trusted in Christ have been declared righteous. Righteousness is a gift, and frankly, it, it, you know, it's it's a requirement. Righteousness is a requirement because it, it brings perfection. God requires perfection. Jesus told that on the Sermon on the Mount. However, the law, the commandments, were powerless to provide the ability to achieve that. And so we find righteousness, and we've we've been declared righteous in Christ. Therefore, those who are outside of Christ, those who have not yet trusted in him and and, uh, decided to to believe that the, the finished work of Christ was sufficient for their eternity, they would be declared as unrighteous. Let's look at it this way, Joel. Paul was a murderer. I mean, he was, among other things, he was a murderer. But Paul's testimony, if, if you read his epistles carefully, and, and at places where he went and spoke publicly, his testimony was not, I used to be a murderer, and now I'm not a murderer anymore. Mm-hmm. Usually, when we go to church today, and we have somebody testify, uh, give a testimony about you know their conversion to Christ, most of it, quite often is based on what they used to do and what they don't do anymore. Or the, the the bad stuff that they stopped doing and the good things that they started doing. So much of it is is based on you know their own efforts or the things that they stopped doing. Whereas with Paul, he never st- stood up and said, I used to be this, I used to be a murderer, and now I don't murder anymore. And my question to you, Joel, is if Paul indeed was a murderer, when did he stop being a murderer? You know, Paul's you know says here in First Corinthians six eleven. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So if Paul was a murderer, you know, so that means he was unrighteous. When did Paul become un unrighteous? In other words, when did Paul become righteous? Because he went on to declare the gospel of the righteousness of God that's been imparted to to people, those who have faith in Jesus Christ, receive the gift of righteousness, and so. At what point did Paul say, I'm no longer, you know, could Paul say he's not a murderer anymore? He used to be a murderer, but he is no longer a murderer. Was it, you know, a couple minutes after the last time he murdered? Or was it at that point when he became joined together with Christ by his, by faith, when, when he became a Christian? Because, you know, Paul says all over the place that it's, it's through faith that we've been uh, made righteous, you know, before God, and it's His very own righteousness that we've been made righteous with. And so, when Paul says, "Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God?" and then he gives this list of things that kind of uh, are symptoms of of unrighteousness. What I guess what I get out of this, Mike, is that he's talking about, you know, these are all symptoms of unrighteousness: fornicators, idolaters. He goes through the list. And he says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. But I believe what he's saying there is that these are people who are unrighteous. And the reason they're unrighteous is because they haven't come to Christ yet. 
And all of these things that they do are simply symptoms of their unrighteousness. And so the question I come back to you, Mike, with is, and, and maybe we could, we could talk about some of this stuff some more, but what if a Christian, you know, a person used to do these things, comes to Christ and, and receives the free gift of God's righteousness, and then, like, you know, just say Paul would have, after becoming a Christian, would have murdered somebody again. Or what if somebody commits these acts, adultery, uh, homosexuality, uh, drunkards, uh, revelers, covetousness, are they still righteous? Or have they gone back into the unrighteous world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, you, you could look at any one of these things, uh, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers. When did they stop being those things? And uh, I believe the answer would be because I, I think we're talking about a spiritual identity here, not just an act of sin. And so those who have uh, indeed been declared righteous in your identity through Christ, even if you go and do the wrong thing, you, you are still a Christian. You are still righteous. You're just not behaving like who you really are. You know, Paul goes on to say that keeping, keeping in mind here that we're reading all these verses right in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's not like we're starting uh, a whole new book here. Paul continues a thought. And he says, all things are lawful for me. Now, there, that's something you don't often hear from the pulpit. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And then he goes on to talk about some other things, about the body and foods and sexual immorality, which we can get into as we go. But um, isn't it interesting, after what we've just been talking about, that Paul makes this statement that all things are lawful for me because he's already been declared righteous, and it had nothing to do with... Uh, you know, the fact that he stopped murdering people or he stopped being an idolater or that somebody would have stopped being an adulterer and, and then come to Christ and, and receive that, that truth of his forgiveness, be declared righteous. And I, I, think, I think sometimes as, with the way Scripture is taking, taken out of context, Joel, it's easy for people to get confused with uh, actions versus spiritual identity. Yeah, I, I follow you on that thought, Mike. And, and in fact, one of the keys uh, for me in all this is, is the little verse that squeezed right in between what, um, what we were talking about when Paul was mentioning the list of various sins uh, of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God, and then uh, where he says, all things are lawful for me. In verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6, he says, after listing, uh, you know, neither adulterers or thieves or drunkards or any of these things will inherit the kingdom of God, he says, and such were some of you. And to me, that's the key. Such were some of you. This is what you were. But, he says, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so no matter what it was that you used to do, that used to kind of prove your identity as a sinner, um, no matter what things you used to do, you have been washed, you have been sanctified, you have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's 1 Corinthians 6:11, and then uh, he picks it up like uh, with with uh, with what you were talking about in verse 12. All things are lawful for me, 
but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And like you say, you're not going to hear this stuff preached. You might hear the second part of each of those sentences preached, like all things are not helpful. I, I will not be brought under the power of any, but you're never going to hear, at least not too often, you're not going to hear too many preachers saying, all things are lawful for me. And I think you're right on the money, Mike, with uh, the reason that all things are lawful is because he has been made righteous, not through the law, not through uh, what he has done or not done, but through the righteousness of Christ. And uh, he's simply saying here, at least uh, what I get out of it, is that, you know what, I can do whatever I want. But not everything's going to be helpful. Not everything's going to be beneficial. And in fact, I don't want myself to be brought under the power of any of these things. It's it's very interesting stuff. And I, I think we could probably pick up on uh, some of these points on our next program, Joel, because I know there are some people out there kind of wrestling with this a little bit and wondering just where it's all going to end up by the time we're done talking about it, because it's probably quite a bit different than some of the things that they've heard in the past. Understanding your spiritual identity uh, and and how it doesn't necessarily mean that it's uh, that your action and your identity are are, are going to be the same thing. Um, uh, you ask the question if somebody comes to Christ as Paul did and and they go out and murder somebody again. You know, some people might say, well, they were never a Christian in the first place. They never really meant it when they dedicated their life to the Lord. Um, I would say that by uh, today's laws in this world, yes, they would be uh, declared a murderer. Uh, but spiritually speaking, um, even though they go out and do something wrong, uh, God still declares them righteous in Christ. Yeah, they've been joined to the Lord. And I I would say that it's kind of hard to be unjoined from the Lord when, when he joins himself to us. But, uh, yeah, um, and, and even that statement in, of, in and of itself might be troublesome to some people. So, yeah, we'll try to pick up on this again next time, but we got to end it for this time. This is Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with Mike. Check us out at graceroots.org. We'll be back with you again next time for more talk about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 